listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. It's Friday, or I should say it's Pharmacy Friday. And you know what that means? It's This Week in Pharmacy. I am the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri. Love being here talking with my favorite providers, pharmacists, and our pharmacy technicians out there. Thank you for everything that you do for, for our nation. Um, 330 million people out there need pharmacy care. It's coming from you every day, and we're here to podcast about it. So we have an exciting show today. I have in the studio a Scott Fitcher, who is a local legend. Um, he's actually from the North Hills, where I grew up in uh, north of Pittsburgh. And then he also uh, married a lovely lady in Brownsville, Pennsylvania, just like I did when we fell in love with Brownsvillians, I guess, or Vanians or whatever you call them. So we're going to be talking with Scott here in a second. He's the founder of No Slack, Just Hustle. You could find more information at noslackjusthustle.com. Talk about resilience. Talk about bounce back. Talk about how pharmacists go through burnout and ideas to actually get you back up on your game. But before that, I want to talk about um, the world of pharmacy for just a second and let you know where we're going to be. Um, before our conference list, let's just share something special with our listeners. This is exciting. So the Peace Corps has come to Pharmacy Podcast Network asking for our assistance to get messaging out about their tours throughout the world, specifically for pharmacy and pharmacy students, pharmacists. And this is exciting. So we're going to have programming coming from the Peace Corp uh, very soon. I think we're going to get some of our first content out in July. So please be on the lookout. If you see those podcasts out, the best thing that you can, you can do for us in, in helping the Peace Corp find um, pharmacists, they're also looking for uh, nurse practitioners and physicians is to share this content and we greatly appreciate it. Just talked to Dr. Uh, the Dean of uh, the University of South Carolina School of Pharmacy. Um, and uh, this guy is just on fire about uh, medical cannabis and the usage of cannabis in medicine, in healing and um, different uh, treatments. You have to listen to Dr. Stephen Cutler's interviews that are coming from the Cannabis Pharmacy uh, podcast. Uh, Cannabis Pharmacy has been partnering with us for about three or four months now. Uh, they're a wonderful partner. I want our customers, um, our listeners, uh, your customers, your clients and patients to um, give us feedback into what's working in cannabis and in pain relief, for example. I love the green roads, for example, the, the, the roll-ons, the topicals, but I want your feedback. So I'm going to try to make it as easy for you to give us this feedback in listening right now. If you go to CannabisPharmacy.com, you pick a couple of the um, products, especially like the roll-ons, because we want your feedback on the pain relief. And just let us know how it works for you, especially if you're recovering from an injury or something, you pulled a muscle, or you're even just generally working out. Let us know how these impact you. If you use code PPN20, that's PPN20, you will get 20% off your order. And then uh, Cannabis Pharmacy will also keep you informed of future education 
that we're going to be doing with um, visionaries in cannabis and THC usage in treatment like uh, Dr. Cutler. Uh, can't wait to talk to you more about that. Hey, Soft Riders annual event. Soft Riders is the makers of Framework LTC, pharmacy management systems for long-term care. They're going to be doing a conference that we're going to be at. I am honored. I'm going to be their MC. I'm going to be emceeing this conference on September 11th through the 13th. Uh, this is the 2023 Soft 13th annual user conference. I'm excited to meet up with Scott Beatty and Joshua Porter um, regarding Soft endeavors, as well as the technologies that they uh, support in long-term care pharmacy. But before that conference, we're going to be... Uh, Brady, are you there? I know you are. I know you're listening. Brady and I are going to be heading to Dallas um, to uh, manage the uh, media um, and press for um, the Pharmacy Profit Summit. Brady, I, I love going to the Pro Pharmacy Profit Summit. I love meeting up with Lisa and her crew at Diversify RX. Um, I know that this will be what your like third or fourth conference with with Profit Summit. Yeah, I believe this is the third. I can't wait. I love Texas. It is nice. It is yes. warm. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Brady. Brady's our producer, if people don't know. He's behind the scenes. He's running the pods for us, building pods. Um, if you are an organization, Liberty, by the way, a shout out to you guys. Your software systems are amazing. But if you want to be part of this event with us, please reach out to us. We want to build up your brand. We want to build up your messaging that goes out to our community pharmacy owners. And as you can see, Hugo is going to be sponsoring the NPTA, uh, Mike Johnson and his team with the National Pharmacy Technician Alliance uh, Association is going to be there. And by the way, there's special um, tracks happening at Profit Summit this year. We have the, the traditional track. It's all for our community pharmacy owners. That's dedicated to growing your business, profit growing businesses. Number two. Pharmacy technicians, leveraging your technicians to become a bigger part of your community pharmacy business. Uh, number three, which is a surprise, and this is the first time that it's publicly being shared. We're actually having a vendors get together called the Community Chest, or the community. It's like a, it's a, it's an, it's a derivative or a, a mention from Monopoly. What is it called? The Community Trust Chest, or community. Anyway, it's going to be dedicated to our vendors that are there. You know, when, when you're at a conference and you're a vendor, I've always been in the vendor category and the rest of your, uh, of your pharmacy owners are in session, right? And what do we do? We kind of wave to each other. We get together and like talk, but sometimes it can go two hours where we're waiting for the, waiting for the pharmacy owners to come back into the ex exhibitions and and exhibits to see us. Um, and that time in my, in my opinion is wasted time. So guess what? It's not wasted this year. We're going to all get together as vendors and we're going to talk about better communications with community pharmacy owners and better empowerment of community pharmacy owners, because guess what? Oh, we're not going to be in business if community pharmacy doesn't survive. And I plan to be here uh, for another 34 years, God willing, in supporting community pharmacies. So I want to see you at this event. And once again, go to 2023pharmacyprofitsummit.com. Once again, that's 2023pharmacyprofitsummit.com. And look up uh, this amazing event led by Lisa Fast, who's a pharmacy owner. Uh, she came from the PDS um, think tank and, and executive ship and launched um, Pharmacy Profit Summit Live. This is going to be a great event. 
We're also going to San Diego in August uh, to the NACDS conference, the National Association of Chain Drug Stores, Total Store Expo. We're going to be covering this as press, and we're going to be there in partnership with the one and only Babson Diagnostics. You know I love Babson if you've listened to the Pharmacy Podcast because it's the first technology that's going to be put into community pharmacies for blood testing. So you don't have to ask your patients to go get a blood test at one of those national organizations and who knows where the results sometimes go and sometimes you don't get access to it. But as a community pharmacy in working in collaboration with your physicians, we should be getting data back from blood tests. So take a look at Babson Diagnostics and uh, see us at the NACDS TSE. I wanna give a shout out to our leaders in CE. If you are a pharmacist and you're looking for continuing education, we support Pharmacy Times Continuing Education. I wanna give a shout out to Dr. Laura Baboltz. She's just amazing. She talks about uh, cancer uh, titration medication plans and different things that she's doing with uh, targeted therapies. Uh, the latest episode is about breast cancer. But imagine walking or driving or doing something where all you can do is listen. Listen to these podcasts, get your CE done and out of the way so it doesn't have to be something that you're racing to do. And by the way, these are amazing discussions about relevance in pharmacists and being pharmacy, um, active pharmacies in your communities. So um, we're excited about that. Um, I am uh, thrilled that we've seen um, um, growth in our, on our feedback as well as people that are participating in special series. If you're listening and you have um, something that you're passionate about, biosimilars, artificial intelligence, something that's, um, that's uh, latest cutting news and you want to talk about it, please reach out to me. I'd love to talk with you as well as your company and understanding how are we impacting um, pharmacy and pharmacy care together. Without further ado, I want to introduce my guest who is a local Brownsville guy. Well, at least now he is just like me. I'm a transplant from North Pittsburgh, just like uh, the one and only Scott Fitcher. Uh, no slack, just hustle. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I tell you what, I've been watching you online through Facebook and our families. Our families have uh, heritage through our wives together. As a matter of fact, I think we're loosely related on our wives' side somehow. Somehow, yeah. Uh, through, I don't know. Through some lineage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I just think that you're a breath of fresh air, someone that is always inspiring. Um, and you and I both come from North Pittsburgh. So when we transplanted ourselves into Brownsville back when we did, we were kind of shocked because back then, this was 2011 for me, 2010, 2010 for, you. for me. Yep. We did not like this community. We were like, "What is going on? This is a crap hole," um, and it and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a nice looking place. It wasn't a, like I was not happy. But guess what? Brownsville has picked itself up absolutely, and it's a philosophy that you and I share in, and that is stop complaining and standing on the sidelines in your in your life, in your community, in your marriage, in your job. Stop being a sideline player and get involved. Even though you're going to get beat up and even though you're exhausted, you have to do something. So I'm going to kick it off to you, Scott. I want you to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you launched your own business, which is uh, no slack, just hustle and what that means. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think it's about taking action, you know, taking action on a plan that you have to be successful 
or to overcome the odds. And I think that's been a story that's always resonated with me, which is why we even came up with the the mindset and the brand No Slack, Just Hustle, because I was always the underdog. Uh, if you know my story from when I was younger, whether it be in sports or whatever I did, there was always a chip on my shoulder that I had to overcome something I felt like. And that was how we even created the brand and what we try to do to help inspire others, most importantly, and to have them have the belief in themselves that you can do anything you put your mind to. But the first step in doing that is actually coming up with a game plan. And then the second step is whenever you start your implementation, and then you can soar as high as you want when you do that. And I think there's an element of consistency. Um, and that is, you're never going to be 100% to your capabilities every single day, because that's exhausting. There's sometimes where we need to take a step back and kind of recharge. And the reason why that you're here today, Scott, from my point of view, just as somebody that I wanted to support in the community as well. And if you're listening and you're listening to us from Brownsville, Pennsylvania, give us a shout out and support two local entrepreneurs that are right here in Fayette County doing some amazing things. We broadcast internationally to the world of pharmacists throughout the, throughout the, mostly in the country. But you're here in Brownsville, Pennsylvania, building in a national business yourself. Um, that is not easy. But the reason why I'm excited to have you here is because I want you to describe um, kind of like your game plan and your blueprint. We have a lot of pharmacists that just got done coming out of the pandemic. <clears throat> Tons of extra stuff that they had to do. They had to do um, COVID tests. They had to do um, immunizations and vaccines. And uh, this was on top of everything else that they were expected to do. Right. Uh, the corporate culture, uh, the big chain pharmacies, I call them fast food pharmacies, uh, did not give their, those pharmacists and those technicians the support that they needed in order to get something that increased business by over 400%, expecting them to do exactly the same production and more with all of the onset of the pandemic. Right. So I want you to kind of share with our listeners the blueprint of no slack, just hustle, and how you and I don't expect pharmacists and technicians to be perfect, but we want to teach them what to do to kind of a block and tackle uh, game plan to keep themselves going and then to constantly have an opportunity to level up. Yeah, and I think, you know, in any situation in pharmacy or, or in regular everyday life, it, there's that chance of burning out. So how do we keep moving forward, especially when all these other things are piled on us, like what happened over the past few years? And I think the biggest thing for that is self-discipline and self-structure and thinking about why. Why am I doing what I do? Um, being in the field of pharmacy and just like us in health and wellness, your mindset's probably to help other people. You want to make a difference in a positive way. And if you keep that as a driving force and you think and you go, what I believe in is seven levels deep when you talk about why you're doing anything. Okay, because we can always get overwhelmed with tasks and some days might be easy and some days might be hard. The easy days are always simple to get through, but the hard days are the ones that become very, very difficult. And that's where I say seven levels deep with your why. And how you do that is... Ask yourself a question. Well, why did I, why am I into this? Why is this the field I chose? What, what is my purpose? You find that first, then you ask it again, deeper and get deeper. And usually 
what I've found when you get to that seventh level deep, you hit a whole nother level of mentality where you're like, I got it. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here. That's exactly why I'm here. And once you do that, it helps you to push through those tough times. It helps you to inspire others and even most importantly, inspire yourself to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, we need that. Um, I need that. I, I look to, um, I've actually shared with you, um, the word before work is a book that I'm reading right now. And you and Stephanie, your wife, I think we read, read that before. too. Yeah. Great book. It is a great <laughs> book, but it, what it's teaching me is I, I had a confidence in self image problem growing up. <clears throat> I was picked on in Catholic school and in Catholic school, Butler Catholic out of Butler, Pennsylvania. Um, when you're in first grade through eighth grade, you can't escape your, um, your appointed position within 30 or 40 kids. Once you establish that reputation, I was the short, I had a big head, you know, it wasn't in style because my mom and dad were, you know, very conservative. Um, and I got picked on, uh, I was fast. I, I loved running and playing soccer and stuff, but I couldn't escape it. So that was really hard as it is on you know, children go through that kind of stuff. Then I went to public, I went to public school, Seneca Valley, and my world changed because I got to be somebody different that wasn't put into a corner based on reputation. And when I got a taste of popularity because of, I was so friendly to people and I just wanted friends. So I was, instead of, I was never about one group. Like we had like the skaters and we had the people that listened to the cure. I love the cure. Um, <laughs> then we had the rockers and you know, the, the jocks and you know, the, we called them burnouts that the, the right. kids that smoke cigarettes that we thought were, were, um, you know, crazy, you know, edgy people. Well, when I look back on that, they're just kids. I came into that. I didn't, I didn't have any friends. So I wanted to, I was like friends with everybody. Right, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like, an opportunity for me to realize I don't have to be stuck in something if I don't want to be stuck. And what it taught me, even at a young age was, and I didn't really even perfect, I don't even feel like I really perfected this until I was right around, I know the age, it was around 38 years old, where I finally realized that I can do whatever I want, based on push, uh, discipline, responsibility, accountability, and work, work, work. You just Absolutely. keep doing it, keep doing it, like building a brick house, like one brick after other, after other. And I, I know that pharmacists and I know that your clients, because you help out a lot of professionals feel stuck. And I want you to share with the listeners, like some of the things that you kind of teach through the weekly game plan that is a book that you wrote to really help us design a blueprint to get unstuck. Well, I can definitely relate too because I am 38 and I feel like over the past year to year and a half is really whenever I even started to soar too because, you know, we all have those moments of where we do feel stuck. And the game plan that we came up with, not even just in the book, but whenever we work with people in general, is first finding out what it is you want, what it is you want to accomplish. And we already talked about the why piece of that. But then it's about actual implementation. So one of the things that we do with our clients is everybody gets a copy of our book because in our book, how we did it is it's so easy to read something, but reading something is only half the, half the solution. You have to apply it. So how we structured our game planning for people is we have you read a topic 
um, that goes along with something you may struggle with, or, or maybe you don't right now, but you can relate somehow. And then we talk about asking you a question, getting you to start thinking about that a little more in depth, and then identifying three things. So every chapter, what we did is we do three pieces of the puzzle for that specific topic, identify those three things that either you need to improve on, maybe you've struggled with or, or that you need to overcome. And then one of the biggest things that I suggest is actually journaling things out. So we go through and we have everybody journal those seven days because when you journal and you write things down, it tends to have more meaning and power with you because it's an accountability thing. That's your accountability partner. Oh, I didn't do it today. I need, I need to make sure I get it done. And I think that accountability aspect for ourselves is something that in some situations has gone by the wayside, you know, taking responsibility. And I think we look to other people like what you were saying when you were a kid. I know a story when I was a child, I had a coach who was like, we can't put Scott in. We're not going to win the game. <laughs> and my mindset at that point in time was I need to prove that person wrong. And I was built on that mindset until I finally realized whether I prove that person wrong or not, they're still not going to like me. I just need to prove yeah. my, I need to prove myself right. And, and I think that's what that's the transition that we try to help people get to. Don't worry about this outside world and everything else. Worry about you proving yourself right. And then everything else is going to resonate from that. I think what you've built um, really resonates with me more now than it did when I first heard about you, which has been, I think, nearly two years ago. And that's because of the guy on the screen right now. His name is Dr. Brandon Welsh. And Dr. Welsh is passionate about sports. He's passionate about conditioning, but he's coming at it from a pharmacological perspective as a pharmacist, as a scientist. And he and Scott Chelson and Jessica Beal and his whole team, the, the Sports Pharmacy Podcast, which is on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, um, it's uh, led by uh, Dr. Sam, Dr. Hussein Hamoush, uh, who actually goes to the uh, Profit Summit Live too. So shout out to you, Dr. Sam. But I want to go back to Brandon. Brandon believes in what you're talking about. Not only is he um, fundamentally thinking of athletics and sports specific and how pharmacological uh, strategies could help enhance sports, but also um, increase uh, the time to recovery. Uh, that people go through injuries, but his attitude is constantly about reinventing. And, and he, I have heard him say on many, and I'm looking at his uh, Instagram right now. If you want to go to his Instagram, go to pharmacy underscore athlete. That's pharmacy underscore athlete. You will not regret it. He's an amazing guy. He's passionate. But the reason why I wanted to bring up his attitude and what you're doing, Scott, is because he believes in being accountable and holding ourselves accountable. He says the only person that you should be competing with is yourself. 100% agree. 100% agree. And I think, uh, and I always say there's only two people you ever answer to 24-7, that's you and God, because that's the only people with you all the time. So that's where that accountability has got to come in. Yep. So um, it's exciting to have someone local that's here. You and I our transplant plant local locals. Yep. And we, we both noticed something we noticed in Brownsville, Pennsylvania, Fayette County, um, uh, Pennsylvania, pa Fayette County from a ranking perspective in counties throughout the, the state that are thriving is considered second to last. Mm -hmm. And that's for a myriad of different reasons. And part of like, we could talk about politics, talk about leadership. I think leadership is, is definitely a part of it, but, um, the county 
just decided about 10 to 15 years ago that they've had enough and it's time to reinvent itself. Yeah. And it's time to focus and get on opioid use disorder and people that are that are drug addicts to, to help them and to be more resilient and to kind of rebuild. Brownsville, Pennsylvania, once again, when you and I moved down here, crappy, you know, little town and nothing, everything was boarded up. And now all of a sudden it's, it's starting to thrive. It's starting yeah. to come alive. The story of Brownsville is the story that you keep telling your own clients. And I keep telling pharmacists, which is we're, we're all going to go through periods of Brownsville 1980 through 2010 ish yeah. times where it's, it's just not, it's not nice to look at. It's it's not a it's not a great place to raise a family from a perspective of the downtown access and resources. And but then all of a sudden it decided one time through like I, I want to give a shout out to William James and, and Team Humanity. He's just like, that's it, I'm done. Like this, we're mm -hmm. gonna reinvent ourselves piece by piece, person by person. And now that attitude is not around as like it used to be. When you right. and I first moved here. People were always talking down on their own city. Yeah. It's so like, true. it's less now. It is. It is. And I think that comes down to as well with mindset, making a decision. You know, when he, he references Will, Will made a decision that I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference and people are going to be on board or not. And then when one person sparks that, you can then in turn snowball that. And then now we've seen more and more people in the area doing the same thing but it just takes that one decision. So even when you're struggling or, or, you know, you're, you're kind of in that, in that gray area of the grind, you know, make the decision, make the decision to move forward, make the decision that I'm not going to stop. I got a goal and I'm going to reach it. And then once you make that decision and you own that decision, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do and, and how you can inspire others to do the same thing. For the sports enthusiasts that's listening out there, our pharmacists who like sports, William James played for the NFL mm -hmm. for six or eight seasons or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but he was with the New York Giants, and I think he was with the San Francisco 49ers yep, and, or the, and the Eagles, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. yeah, so this is no, this is like a guy. Like this is a guy <laughs> that knew how to lift himself up with the, with the people that he had surrounding right. him at the time. And it was a decision that he made and he was a punk for a while. He even admits it. You know, he was, he went through that chip on the shoulder and, you know, and, and he had to, he had to work through it and he had to find the courage and the confidence in himself to do what it takes to reach NFL level status. Mm -hmm. But now he's come back to his own community, the community of, of Brownsville. He's reinvented, um, from the from the youth athletic uh, perspective that you can do what you want to do as long as you have a plan to execute yep. and he and he's helping young people understand you can really do anything that you want but it's not going to be he's never says it's going to be easy he says it's going to be work and that comes back to the philosophy that you and I and you profess through your program that it's accountability documentation um, and, and consistency to drive yeah. a change. Absolutely. That consistency, I think is the big thing too. That's, that's the puzzle piece that I think some people forget. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll get a plan. They'll be accountable for a week, couple weeks. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, the new year's resolutions, right? We all get these yeah. new year's resolutions and then by February they're done because, Oh, we didn't hit our goal. And, uh, that's why when I talk about goal setting, 
and we even touch base on that in the book a little bit, I like to have goals that drive results, not result-driven goals. And that's different than what a lot of people say. Like a lot of people come out and say like, I want to lose 10 pounds. Now, I don't like that goal. That's, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that type of goal. I like the goal of I'm going to get healthier because then it's going to drive you because once you lose that 10 pounds, what happens? We yeah. don't, we don't have anything else to do. It just goes, we it, hit it. it probably comes back. It, it'll come back. Cause well, we hit 10 pounds. Okay. And then I get in the scale a week, two weeks later and I'm up five again. So when we have a goal that drives results, then we can start to think differently and think more consistently to say, I want to live a healthier lifestyle. So what does that mean to me? Well, maybe that's, I'm going to cut out soda. Yeah. I'm going to cut out, you know, eating late night snacks you can consistently do that. Your weight's always going to fluctuate. It's going to depend on when you, you know, when you get on the scale, when you do whatever. So uh, that's how I like to look at it sometimes as far as how you drive those results. So this is more than a book. The book that, that Scott is referencing is called The Weekly Game Plan. Hold it up to the, the screen. Um, I'll get a picture of this here real quick. But the, 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 the book is is this book. I'll get this out of our way for just a second. There it is, the weekly game plan. Um, but I want to go. I want you to talk about the rest of the program. So it's not just the book. It, it's literally the book is just like the the tip of the tip of the iceberg. So you've built an entire ecosystem that has nutritional supplements, uh, workout plans, wellness schedules. Um, I hear that you're talking to pharmacists. That yes. might be some future collaboration. Um, shout out to the pharmacist that you met down in West Virginia. What's yes, her name? Melissa. Melissa. Yes. Dr. Melissa. Dr. Melissa, we want you on the show, by the way. Um, shout out to you. But we're we're looking at your website right now. If you, I know if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this. Go to noslackjusthustle.com. That's noslackjusthustle.com. Take us through uh, some of what we're looking at on, on the screen. So what we, uh, you know, we started with the book with the mindset, but then when we really broke down health and wellness, it's more than the mind and it's more than the physical. It's actually all that encompassed together. So we came up with uh, taking our brand actually into a membership community where people have access to actual health and wellness experts. So we have a team of life coaches, personal trainers, nutritionists, physical therapists, looking at pharmacists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we have the, we have a community where people can get access to those experts to answer questions, to really dive deep into, um, into their health and wellness, get customized plans for their goals to really help them reach, you know, that and get over that plateau. And, uh, you know, we partner with some great people on this. I'm really shout out to all of our experts. The one, if, if you do get a chance to look at it, the one on our website, his name is Kenny Halloran. He's our personal trainer. This guy's awesome. He changed my life personal training wise. You know, I had, um, I tried out to play professional football, play college football. During that experience, I plateaued with my lifting. Now I'm 38. You're not supposed to get stronger. I'm stronger than I ever have been because of, the fitness app that we actually implement through him, which is called Optimized. And the program, it, it's fire. I've been doing it for 14 weeks. Results may vary, but <laughs> um, but I have seen gains every single time I've been in the weight room. I've never seen that in my life. So big shout out to him because the programs, we have various programs on there and we can customize those programs according to your needs, even based on age and what type of program safe for you too. That's great. Which is which is really helpful in that health and wellness journey. Uh, Dr. Dwyer, um, Dr. Ashley Dwyer um, is one of my favorite 
co- uh, life coaches and, and fitness coaches that's a pharmacist. So I want you to to link up on um, on on Instagram and That'd just follow each other and stuff. But that actually might be a, a great uh, person to like have on your own blog or on some of your own content or interviews because she's she believes exactly what you said where she's she's like stop trying to lose weight and just get healthy yeah and I mean, she talks about her own journey and how she's like eating 25 to 2700 calories a day just to maintain some of the month muscle that she's trying to like to, to develop in her own self right and she's like, if she would have thought of that back in her her start out when she was in her early 20s, it would have scared the crap out of her thinking, I don't want to eat 2,700 right. calories a day. <laughs> but now she's like, she's like, she's of course a very much a scientist about it. But that made me think of you and like the 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 role of nutrition, the role of consistency, the role of education, and the role of exercise on a consistent basis, along with the journal that kind of keeps us accountable. Yeah. Putting everything, everything together. It's a package. Health isn't just one thing. It's, it's everything, you know, that's, we take it with us every day of our lives. Whatever we do, our mindset plays a big part because stress management, our sleep, all these different things. And they're topics that we like to touch base on with people because they're the X factors that we don't always think of that bring a lot of value to our overall health and wellness. Scott, this has been wonderful to have you. You being local here in Brownsville, we got to get you back um, for a follow-up show just to see how things are going, as well as maybe some collaboration. Next time that we have you here, I want to have a pharmacist in the studio to kind of talk about um, how sports pharmacy is really exploding and how your uh, No Slack Just Hustle program could probably fold very nicely into that. That sounds awesome. I appreciate being here. It was great. Absolutely. So it is no slack just hustle.com uh, that's no slack just hustle.com scott fitcher um i thank you such so much for being here and uh pharmacy podcast listeners this week in pharmacy we'll be right back This episode is sponsored by Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, widely known as IPC. Established in 1983, IPC is the nation's largest group purchasing organization owned by Independent Pharmacy. With a mission of maximizing the success of community pharmacists, IPC works to provide members with access to effective programs and services designed to enhance profitability for independent pharmacy. Read more about our mission by checking out our website at IPCRX.com. That's IPCRX.com. Hey, we're back um, this week in pharmacy. I want to give a shout out to IPC. Uh, Marcus Senza, uh, you are a champion. You're the CEO of IPC Independent pharmacy cooperative thank you so much for your support thank you for supporting bruce Nealon. a shout out to pharmacy crossroads uh, host we love you bruce and what you've done um, with your podcast if you want to learn more about ipc i think you should go listen to his podcast go to pharmacycrossroads.com that's pharmacycrossroads.com listen to their newest episode about uh, digital health and how digital technology and digital health is a big future part of uh, community pharmacy success. Hey, we have a special episode, a special interview that I want to play right now with Click Therapeutics, digital 
technologies. I just got done saying what digital health is going to do. I want you to listen to this interview, and I'm going to take you through some slides as we listen. So right now, click health, click click therapeutics. If you're a listener, general listener to the Pharmacy Podcast Network, I want to welcome you today to a special episode where we're really looking for some of the latest information in certain uh, sectors of pharmacy, um, whether that is the study of genes reacting to specific medications over long-term periods of time or clinical trials or uh, digital um, therapeutics. So when we get an opportunity to speak to someone who really is in this day-to-day and understands how pharmacists may even impact digital therapeutics and the usage of uh, these tools as part of medication management moving forward, I want to welcome Dr. Shaheen Lakan. Uh, he's MD, Chief Medical Officer um, at Click Therapeutics. Um, welcome, Shaheen. Oh, thank you so much, Todd. Yes, I'm joining you from uh, Tribeca, New York, our headquarters of Click Therapeutics today. It's a pleasure. Yes, um, you and your team, uh, Shaheen, is is getting all together. So it's it's great to have that time and coming together and recharging um, each other's spirits. Um, I love I love get-togethers. Uh, it takes a me- it takes really a village to introduce a new category of medicine. And uh, that's exactly what we're doing this entire week. We've had over the years since the pandemic, a lot of remote hires. We have a campus in Boston and Miami. So we actually bring everyone together to workshop. How do we tackle the brain? Absolutely. So you can hear the excitement in my voice when, when I started because I'm a nerd and I love what pharmacists can do, especially when they're empowered to do to do more for patients, whether that's data collection or special uh, tracking or titrations of medication. But when I think of technology being leveraged to become part of a therapy regime and therapy design, where now pharmacists get to give feedback to the heads of these clinician teams and, and clinical digital teams, I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your role with Click Therapeutics and also, you know, someone at your level, what what made you choose to join this company in the first place? Share your excitement. It's always it's not this isn't a one sided interview. You can hear it in my voice and, I, and I'm, I'm sure we'll hear it in your voice. <laughs> Maybe we'll just amplify each other and our audience has to lower the volume. Exactly. But, but I likewise shared this passion and excitement. So tell me about Click Therapeutics. How did you find this role or did they find you and what? What made you uh, join up with them? Well, you know, it's it's a small community of digital therapeutics. Uh, you know, I, I actually have to start off with lexicon, and maybe it's the professorial side of me. But you know, there's digital health technology technologies. That's anything that enables or supports uh, the practice of healthcare. It could be electronic healthcare records, telemedicine platforms. But there's these small niche called digital therapeutics and even smaller prescription digital therapeutics where we at Click Therapeutics sit. And that's using apps on the smartphone to actually treat bona fide diseases, not help you cope with it, uh, you know, anxiety and depression, quality of life, and actually go after the same targets that drug drugs go after. And that's been my my whole life. You know, I'm actually a neurologist, a brain doc, and uh, and a pain management specialist. I trained in practice at the Cleveland Clinic and at MGH and actually call now Boston my home for, for, for the last five years, but upwards of 12 years on and off. 
it's it's been almost the 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 common factor of any pursuit I've done, whether it was medical education, reinventing the way that we teach physicians, essentially, whether it was the opiate epidemic, I was in the heart of Appalachia and Virginia Tech battling it with a former Surgeon General, Eric Schumacher. And then this became the next frontier of how do we now really democratize healthcare through technology. I mean, practically everyone has a smartphone. And if you don't, there are government channels now to enable you to have the, both the hardware and data plan. How do we leverage that for good, for healthcare outcomes, and do it with biotech principles? I didn't want this to be consumery, wellness, producty, and type things of that nature. There's a lot of companies that do. There are a lot of fun, entertaining apps out there, but I develop regulated products, and I've done that in the pharmaceutical industry at Sage Therapeutics, a number of other pharma companies, in medical device companies, and now software as a medical device. Click stood out because they got that message. They're doing it through a regulated platform. They're doing the same studies and the same endpoints that I was doing in my drug trials, and they were rapidly growing. I think it was mutually, you know, when, when you're in this conference, um, you know, kind of roadshow, you kind of interact with each other. And it was David Klein, the, the co-founder and CEO of Click Therapeutics, who first realized the power for smoking cessation. You know, he suffered from tobacco use disorder. He's a smoker, right? That's a fancy word to call him a smoker. And he saw that more often than not, when you wake up in the morning, you actually interact with your phone than your bedfellow. And the same thing is reversed when you go to sleep, right? You're putting alarms and, and looking at the news or things of that nature. Why not take that behavior that's already ingrained in you? So don't have to create a new behavior and change it for good. And he started off with a smoking cessation product called Clicotine. Now that was like a beta version of the capabilities of digital therapeutics. Then we kind of harnessed it with pharma partners, pharma due diligence, pharma co-funding and co-development and talent and expertise. And he afforded me the opportunity to build this organization from a tech company into a biotech company. And that's exactly what I did. Shaheen, that's exciting. I tell you, there have been papers that have come out of recent. Uh, one was titled Prescription Digital Therapeutics, a new frontier for pharmacists in the future of treatment. Um, from the Science Direct um, pharmacists who we know of, who have been leading uh, writings and in bio biographies on people that are leading in in digital therapeutics, we were starting to talk about this just a tiny little bit when apps started really coming out from from the evolution of Fitbit and and where we could go with with really what this means uh, to medication management. But before I kind of jump into that, which I'm excited because of it being. Many pharmacists are so interested in it, but describe to us what Click actually does um, at its at its core. Oh, sure, I, and I relish this opportunity. Actually, I love I love the the pharmacy audiences. It's almost like my Friday nights. Most of my friends are pharmacists. They graduated from like the Mass College of Pharmacy and whatnot in Boston, so we have these discussions. This obviously has has greater reach, so I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, in in essence, Click combines. What a biopharma company does, but their asset is digital, it's code. So there's extensive science and research and clinical expertise, and these are patented technologies. And we actually develop them and then validate them through the phase-based approach, right? We have first in human studies. We have early and late phase studies that, that validate the core principles behind it. 
almost equivalent to even a clinical pharmacology package we've coined at Click Therapeutics. It's the foundational sciences these through these clinical learning studies where well, is this, um, is this a transport molecule that converts this digital mechanism of action into the brain, right? Crossing the blood-brain barrier. And how do we dose this? How do we personalize this type of treatment? How do we test it in endpoints? What are the biomarkers that might change, you know, its interaction profile? What are the target engagements? So these are what I, is what I call drug design principles that now we've taken at Click Therapeutics. We apply it as we develop new patented uh, digital mechanisms of actions, validate them, get them across the finish line through the regulators. In the U.S., it's the FDA. It's actually the CDRH, the Centers for Devices and Radiological Health, uh, that controls and, and regulates you know, these types of products, and then put them out there. Uh, a lot of headways in, in uh, market access. We got to get on payers, show the evidentiary packages. You know, I actually sat on Virginia Medicaid's PNT committee, right? Pharmacy and Therapeutics Committee. And we had $8 billion formulary decisions every year to make. So I used to look at these evidence packages and look at quality of lives and cost offsets, cost benefit analysis. And I think we're the first company that's actually applying this in the development process. So not only do these get regulatorily approved, they get covered. So there's minimal to no out-of-pocket costs for patients. And then you get universal appeal. That's what we do. Oh, that's cool. And I and I'm excited about it because I know that there are pharmacists who want to dig deeper into one specific condition as diabetes specialist or oncology pharmacist or pediatric pharmacist. Like they really want to become those specialists, and that's happening. That's what I was kind of prefacing in the beginning of of today's podcast. And our but I the reason why I'm excited is because of the examples that you've shared um, through writings and other things that you've done about how this is impacting patient care. Like that's the most exciting part because pharmacists are like, all right, I'm gonna become part of this team driven by data. And now I'm gonna see my patients doing better. So share some successes that you've seen with the PDTs and and how patients and, and healthcare providers benefit, benefit from all of this. Oh, very much so. I, I mean, most companies uh, are patient centric. But unlike biopharma companies, we're actually patient co-design, right? They're intimately involved in the development of every aspect, intervention, screen content that's coming on board through, through this, this Delphi model, which is a, a really nice validated iterative development type of model. Yeah, and, and we have to exist within the, you know, the, the workflows that are out there, right? In fact, let's, let's just make a better type of system. Before a patient leaves a physician's visit, right? Physician, clinician prescribes a medication or now a digital drug, a prescription digital therapeutic. We can actually confirm that they got dispensed the access code. It went through eligibility checks. It went onto their phone. They logged onto it and they engaged in their first lesson of treatment. Just imagine that <laughs> with, with drug assets out there, we know the, the dismal rates, right? If you look at the funnel analysis of when you get prescribed something that you actually pick it up and that you actually use it as prescribed, right? And, and then there's all those, those barriers in between that, that I'm just, you know, going through the social determinants of access to that clinician, access to affordable medications, uh, access to pharmacies and deliverings, and then the health literacy that goes along with it. We have the ability to flip the classroom or flip the script, essentially, that's going on over here, empower patients in their own therapeutic journey. 
it's not no longer a passive act of taking a pill or getting something injected in you. You're engaged and you, you're, you're empowering, right? Patients that I'm talking about are empowered by exploiting their own brain's capability to establish new connections, neuroplasticity. And we validate that through EEGs and fMRI. They don't know it. This is all going behind the scenes. What they are doing is forming a behavior habit that could tackle diseases that we're talking about, major depressive disorder, schizophrenia, migraine. And just last year, we ventured out of CNS diseases. We're now talking about rheumatoid arthritis, right? Primarily inflammatory autoimmune conditions. I think the sky's the limit because I cannot think of a disease that does not have a biobehavioral component. Shaheen, you're giving us some examples and getting us, uh, getting me excited. I could probably do one of these a month and we'd, we'd never catch up to, to what innovation's taking place. That's part of Click's philosophy and your whole team is, is being innovative and understanding that the faster we come up with trackable, measurable uh, ability to inject partial change possibilities to therapies moving forward, what should be added, what should be subtracted, this is all governed by data. And I, that's my background is all about data. I spent about three years in the opioid use uh, disorder treatment realm uh, with 85 different centers throughout the, the country that would also look to the pharmacist to help with comorbid medication management, where you have multiple things taking place, which now your technologies are going to start paying attention to some of that shifting data and, and be able to project, well, how is this going to impact the the survivability but the thriveability of our patients so you're kind of giving away some of the the becoming innovation of the company but tell us about specific um maybe conditions or or developments in the pipeline where you're sharing upcoming projects if you're allowed and you don't i'm not pressuring you shaheen but if you can't if you can give us some teasers um i think we're going to have you back for sure to to jump on some, some specific conditions. Oh, I, I, I very well can. And I, I relish the opportunity to share in our pipeline. Um, in, in fact, it's, it's actually driven by one of your earlier questions of why I joined this organization, not only is like this cutting edge science and, and, and then the co-founder gets the capabilities of technology and wants to make it now biomedically bona fide. But my, my older brother suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. He's around Three years older than I, um, interesting enough, I saw the symptoms when I was a teenager and he was, you know, um, approaching young adulthood and, and, and he struggled over the past, you know, decades, uh, living with it, institutionalized and so on. And, and the particular aspect, and this one doesn't get as much attention, you know, you can watch a beautiful mind and you can watch all, you know, and read all the, the, the documentaries and books, uh, about this disease, but. The silent suffering is not what we call positive symptoms, the hallucinations and delusions and psychosis and so on. It's really the negative symptoms where they lacking the motivation. They're not, they, they have asociality, right? They're not inclined to go out and greet folks or, or whatnot because of you know negative defeatist beliefs, right? They're, they're, that's the intrinsic things that are stripped away from them that prevents them from reintegrating society. And if you look at the literature, it's the major factor for disability in this population. It's not the psychosis and hallucinations, it's the negative symptoms. And in, in the US and actually throughout the world, there was no approved therapies for addressing 
uh, negative symptoms of schizophrenia. And I'm talking about throughout the gamut of modalities. There's no approved drugs or devices or, or, or software, right? That's out there. Uh, with Boeinger Ingelheim, you know, our, our pharmaceutical partner, multinational partner, they had it in their mission. I'm going to go out and conquer CNS diseases through precision psychiatry where no other company has done before. And they're a family-based organization for over 100 years and based out of Ingelheim, but, but they're throughout the world. And they got our philosophy. They got our ethos, but they really loved the way they reproach diseases. We break it down into the pathophysiology. We map out our digital mechanisms of action. We try to actually conquer diseases that have no therapeutics like negative symptoms. All that being said, I could say that we just launched a phase three study uh, into negative symptoms of schizophrenia. It's recruiting right now. Patients with this disease can actually get access to our investigational device. Um, and you know, through a very curated experience, like, and hopefully a successful experience, this is the pivotal registrational trial, right? If positive, we'll submit for approval and we uh, could potentially be the first treatment ever for this disease. And it hits home because before I was a clinician, even before I was a researcher, right? Because I had my PhD component, I was a caregiver and family member of the person that now I'm developing therapeutics for, my brother. That's that's when it starts hitting home even more so, more than just what you're seeing from patients, but in your own life. And Shaheen, we really, um, that means a lot to us and to our listeners that you shared that story with us. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And there's much more in our pipeline as well. We also have a partnership with Otsuka Pharmaceuticals. If you're not familiar with them, they're a Japanese organization, but multinational. And they have pro branded products like Abilify and Rixalti, right, for augmenting incomplete responders to antidepressants, SSRIs and SNRIs through this new generation of atypicals. So we partnered with them. Exactly, because there's still tremendous unmet need in major depressive disorder. And I am very happy to announce that we closed out on our phase three study and we submitted to the FDA uh, for regulatory clearance. Uh, I'm looking forward to share, you know, the one pending uh, clearance if all goes well, and then two, the data, right? And peer reviewed publications and posters and abstracts on that, um, on that novel technology. It's multiple organizations, people, passion, push the patients. I could go on with, I guess, with the P's, but I can't believe that if if you don't have players to help into driving better outcomes through data and through tools uh, like Click Therapeutics, then you don't have the full pie to be able to put this whole thing together to assure that it's going to have measurable, like I said, to make maybe changes on the fly. And that's exciting that Bohinger and Ingelheim have, have really committed to that and other things that you're doing um, in, in giving us more data of, of the coming of, of more development around schizophrenia. There are psychotropic focused pharmacists who are interested in how will uh, medications affect that one patient uh, versus another based on, for example, like a pharmacogenomics study. And I can only imagine what you're going to be able to tap into with some of that data being accessible to your organization in, in the tools. And there are pharmacists out there who are listening right now who are probably going to reach reach out to some member of your organization just to get more information um, just because of uh, really this is exciting to to be specific to mental health 
the the advent of pharmacists entering mental health as a specialist. Um, this has been within the last uh, five years, especially, and I think it was accelerated by the pandemic and the stresses of the pandemic. Um, you know, what's one takeaway, uh, Shaheen, uh, about prescription digital therapeutics and technology that you want our listeners to have um, from today's conversation? I, I love the premise of this because I, I, I see an entire, entire motivated, highly competent, you know, uh, practitioner out there as pharmacists being almost these applied data scientists and not, not just serving mental health diseases. I think that's just been the therapeutic area concentrated right now, but we're moving well beyond that into, of course, other CNS diseases, into neurological landscape, and you're going to see multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's disease, mild cognitive impairment, and then full-blown dementia. But even outside of that, into immunology and cardiometabolic diseases, obesity, right? We need to transform that disease. That's not a lifestyle disease. That's a bona fide disease that has a, a, a brain basis, right? The, the gut-brain axis and so on. So when if, if pharmacists are so well poised to capitalize on that data and then act on that data, I will say there's a number of companies, a number of offerings that are profiling diseases, collecting sensor level data off your smartphone or wearables, but it ends there. It ends there. What we're, we're trying to do is because we're actually building and manufacturing the therapeutic, we can integrate and we are integrating the two. And I'll, tell you, I'll give you a real-world example in migraine. I, I, I and my colleagues just presented at the American Headache Society in Austin, tested, uh, Texas last week. And we shared the results of our early phase studies in migraine where we were able to predict migraine with an 85% accuracy, with a training set, and albeit some ca caveats, and to the point where you don't even have to ask now a migrainer. Are you suffering from a migraine headache or not, right? Because actually asking about painful disorders can amplify it. So you could predict it. What does that offer? Well, a data company, that's all they could do and maybe give it out and to healthcare systems and clinicians. And maybe you have the time to act on it. Maybe you don't. But as a digital therapeutics company, now we could tailor those digital interventions with just-in-time interventions and act early and maybe even pre-headache essentially to buffer against the headache forming and maybe prime and optimize them so they don't develop it. Actually, a lot of that technology became the basis of our phase three asset in migraine. Akin to where our schizophrenia trials are, I just launched a phase three study in migraine and that's in a decentralized capacity, meaning you could, you know, patients throughout the entire United States, you don't have to be in within a metropolitan area and so on. In fact, there's a lot of access barriers to rural populations if you don't live in metro areas that have clinical investigative sites and the headache specialists and tertiary care. This is exactly why we designed the solution for, for the folks that aren't exactly in those areas. And we use those data, not just in migraine prediction, but also in what's going to be your response to those CGRP inhibitors or there's first and second line therapies or those triptans that are out there. What is going to be the difference between a trigger and aura, right? Is chocolate you know, really tricking you? Or are you just having a change in your appetite or something of that nature, right? Or is it yawning or feeling tired? Is that actually a change in your homeostatic load, right? Because you're changing now your baseline and, and, and creating less resilience for you to have migraine. All of these questions get answered, not necessarily on a population level, now an individual level. 
And I was in this era, maybe in, 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 in studying medicine 20 years ago, where we talked about personalized medicine, but I saw it actually becoming depersonalized medicine. Everything was relegated to your genome and proteome. We're returning that back into digital phenotypes and behavioral phenotypes and your behaviors and social determinants of health and, and all of that in our model. So I, I, I think our patients will really like our solutions. Yeah. Shaheen, your ecosystem and what you've built over your career has intertwined with so many things. It's like you never leave anything behind. Um, you've always been interconnecting um, from your time, you know, with Mount Auburn Hospital System or West Virginia University or Chief Medical Officer at Click Therapeutics. Being able to bring all of this together and then recognize how pharmacists can be tied into it, that's going to create tighter and more powerful collaborations and i can't i can't wait to hear what's next we get, we have to have you back though so promise me that you'll you'll come back and share some additional news um, about click therapeutics oh a hundred percent i will and um you know i just want to introduce this concept this is maybe a little tease for for a future episode here if you haven't heard of it well you hear it now we create dynamos Dynamos are digital neuroactivation and modulation. The dynamos, all of these are, are codes that change brain waves, brain signals, brain function, and there is a in certain con condition structure. And the way we do it is we do early phase studies on our dynamo platform. Uh, we build out a dynamo, we test it in basket studies across multiple diseases with a common brain faulty circuit. Right. And if we get the right signals, then we advance those assets further on. I'd love to show you because this is this is in essence of what moved the practice of pharmacy, or I should say the science and research of pharmacy, right? A tincture of this and tincture of that into bona fide kind of research, phase-based research, clinical pharmacology, digital modeling, and pharmacodynamics. I think we're at the verge now with digital therapeutics to make those correlations credibly. That's exciting. I love it. I love it. I want to thank you uh, for sharing this um, announcement and, and data and your vision and innovation of, of where you're going uh, together with your partners. Like I said, I think that's such an important and crucial part of, of true patient-centered uh, healthcare is, is collaboration. Thank you so much, Shaheen. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, we have a follow-up episode to Shaheen at Click Therapeutics with David Klein. He is the CEO of Click Therapeutics. You are not going to want to miss that episode. He is a visionary of where digital prescription therapeutics are going and how pharmacists are going to be key to the rollout and the growth of digital therapeutics. So excited and uh, thankful that Click has, um, has decided to to do a couple episodes with Pharmacy Podcast Network, and we expect to do more with them. I want to tell you about next week, this week in Pharmacy's episode. It's June 30th, one of my favorite days of the year. That's my birthday. So if you want to buy me something, go buy a U.S. Farmy shirt. You can find them at usfarmy.com. That's usfarmy.com. 100% of the revenue that's generated uh, supports veterans here in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. Uh, through the Dog Tag Club. We give the money to a great organization helping uh, vets, but eventually we want that uh, program to expand to helping to teach our um, P3s and P4s interested in 
um, in supporting veterans in behavioral health and mental health. So once again, for my birthday, I'm asking you to buy a U.S. Farmy shirt next week. Alan McGill, uh, he is a senior supervisor. He's a special agent with Pennsylvania Office of Attorney General. Uh, Alan McGill will be here. Um, he'll be uh, speaking to us. It's been a pre-recorded because of his schedule. Uh, Patty Mara with Pharmacy Success. Patty Mara is an amazing uh, entrepreneur. She wrote the book Up Solutions. It's all about empowering community um, pharmacies and consultant pharmacists. And then Katrina Azur. She's our international uh, con um, conduit to New Zealand and her uh, thriving work in New Zealand as the leading um, digital health pharmacist out there in New Zealand. So you do not want to miss next week. Uh, we thank you for listening to This Week in Pharmacy. Pharmacy.